Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Double move here down the sideline, and the Bears get there at the same time. Intercepted at the 45. Going the other way. It's Rochelle at the 40, 35, and he's down at the 31-yard line of Incarnate Word. It was a jump ball 50-50, and Rochelle came up with it. Robert Rochelle, former Central Arkansas Bear. We had a lot of calls like that during the broadcast of his career and his time at UCA, and an instant impact. The rookie had a memorable year as an L.A. Ram. He is a Super Bowl champion, and his former head coach, Nathan Brown, is joining us on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline to talk about that and a few other things today. Coach, good to have you on. How are you? Doing great. How are you guys doing? We're awesome. Very good. And, uh, you know, I saw – a tweet yesterday, I guess it had all the different schools that were represented in the win by the Rams this uh, this Sunday, and it was good to see Central Arkansas's logo up there among them. What does this mean or do for your program, having a guy that leaves, gets drafted, and ends up as a Super Bowl champion? Well, I think for Robert's case, you knew he was going to have success just because of his track record. I mean, he's had so much adversity throughout his life, and to have the success, uh, really in a position change and learning the position of cornerback and defensive back at, at UCA, uh, you, you knew he was going to have success. You just didn't know it was going to be instant success. I mean, for him to uh, have the year he had for the, for the Super Bowl champions is, 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 a, is a, obviously a huge feat for him and personally, but it's also big for our program. I mean, you're talking about a guy that was a fourth-round draft pick from, you know, a, a, a FCS program and, and uh, you know, started, you know, Four or five games this year for the Rams played a significant role throughout their uh, throughout their season, and uh, you know it just adds motivation to our current players and recruits, and and really hopefully the, the the whole university can stand up with pride because of that. Do you get him back often? Is this a, one of those uh, opportunities to have him back working out and the young guys seeing this guy and what he what he does? Yeah, that's that's one thing that I really enjoy about all of our current you know NFL active players, um, not only Robert, but George Odom and Trey Smith and Jonathan Woodard. I mean, those guys are present. They come back. They enjoy Conway. They enjoyed their experience here at Central Arkansas. And, uh, you know, when they when they get in the offseason, I mean, look, look Robert, came, Robert could be in a thousand different places, um, you know, for his bye week, but he came back to Conway for his bye week and uh, spent, spent a couple of days with, with our team and watching practice and working out. George does the same thing when he's when he's got bye weeks and off season and Trey Smith. I mean, so it's it's just a uh, it's just neat to get those guys back. And obviously, they still you know they're young and they still have a lot of friends on the team, especially Robert only being a rookie. Um, but but yeah, they it, it, it's great because now our our players can mix and mingle and, and bounce ideas off of them and see what it's like at the highest level to play football. Well, it's not just football either. What's cool is I was talking to Jared Chatham the other day, coach, who's an LA guy, and he's more of a Chargers fan than he is a Rams fan, but. He talked about his relationship with Scooter and how he's pulling for him. And with UCA's size, I mean, the size of the campus, you're going to have a lot of athletes intermingling. And I think everybody who's in the athletic program was certainly pulling for Scooter. So it's kind of a cool deal, even if they're not a Rams fan per se. Um, So he's got an interesting story. We were talking about this a little bit ago with the morning guys. He, as you mentioned, Coach, you kind of alluded to it, didn't come in as a highly touted defensive back. In fact, he was converted. What do you remember about his recruitment and then the development that put him on the defensive side of the ball? Well, I remember, you know, Coach Matt Kitchens, my current defensive coordinator, was the lead recruiter for him. Uh, he recruited North Louisiana at that time, so he was, you know, Robert being a Shreveport kid, 
um, developed a relationship with, with Coach Kitchens first. And um, being an offensive coach really wanted him on offense. I mean, when we signed him, it was a you know they, it was a little bit of a question mark on where he was going to slot in and play. And so um, you know he's a kid that had a ton of speed, was a track star in high school, played uh, played played football, but never really had a position. You know, on offense they'd snap him the ball at quarterback, they'd give him the ball and speed sweeps. He would catch catch the ball, you know, just on you know, go routes at wide receiver, but you never saw him much on defensive back. And so, um, you know, you see that potential and you see his athletic ability, and I think that's what our defensive coaches saw and thought he could get on the field quicker on the defensive side of the ball. And the rest is really history. I tell people all the time, you know, we made the decision to play him on defense as a program. He's the one that made the decision to, to, to master his craft and, and to make the most of it. And so – with the with the God given talent that he you know that he has just naturally plus the work ethic he put in, uh, you know that's that's why he became a fourth round draft pick and is now Super Bowl champion. Let me ask you about. Go ahead, Wes. Was it hard for you, an offensive guy, to say, okay, go ahead, put him on defense? <laughs> yeah, because you like hoarding your, your your players. You know that's that's a good point, Wes. I mean, like like I always tell guys this, like, like it's our job as coaches, like, you're blessed with a tool belt. Like, what kind of tools do you have in your tool belt? And if we're not utilizing those tools to the best of our ability in our program, then we're doing not only our program a disservice, but the player and the prospect a disservice. So um, probably could have and should have used Robert on offense. You know, he played a little bit special teams, did some different things in the return game at times, uh, but uh, probably could have utilized him in more uh, more opportunities on offense with his speed and ability. But, but again, he – he was so important to us on the defensive side of the ball. He was literally one of those guys you could put on a side of the field and uh, knew that it was going to be locked down. I mean, when they say locked down corner, that's what Robert turned himself into uh, by his junior and senior year here at UCA. What makes a lockdown corner and a guy who's got the ability to do that at that next level? What What's unique about well, the way he does things or a guy with those kinds of skills or whatever those skills are? Well, I think, one, you, to be a lockdown corner, you have to have size. I mean, Robert's got long arms. Um, he's, you know, he's going to stand. He's six, six foot, six one. Um, and, then, and then the ability to run. I mean, when you play a fast receiver, um, you have to be able to keep up with him. So to be a lockdown corner and not always have to have help over the top of you from a safety, you have to be able to run. And obviously, Robert, in his pro day, I think, ran a four three five um, official time. And, and uh, you know, some people had him even lower than that. Um, so he can really run. He can really jump. He has good ball skills. Um, but I think more than more importantly than any of the physical skills is the mentality. I mean, you got to have a short memory. You may get beat from time to time, but are you going to get up and and make the next play? And Robert had a good mentality. He had a a competitive nature to him, and wanted wanted the ball to be thrown at him. And that's the tough part is is if you're a lockdown corner, you may go you know, play 75 snaps in a game and only get three balls thrown your way. You better make the most of them when they come your way, though. And I think that's what Robert proved over the last part of his career here at UCA. Talking to Nathan Brown, Central Arkansas head football coach on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. Another guy that you have seen up close and personal, but he was on your same side of the ball, so you didn't have to prepare for him. But I'm sure you heard plenty about Cooper Cup leading into the game at Eastern Washington a couple of years ago. And Cooper was not at 100%, and he only had 10 catches for 95 yards and two touchdowns in a half, which ended up being a 31-14 to win by Eastern Washington. But it was a very competitive game uh, for most of the afternoon. Um, what's your recollection, or, or did you think about him at all, Coach, that week going in, being on the offensive side of things? Well, what, what showed me a lot about Cooper Cup, and you knew he was going to be 
a chance to have success in, at the next level. I didn't know he was going to be a superstar the way he is, but uh, was was just you saw his toughness that day. I mean, he like you said, he was banged up. I mean, I think he was playing with the torn labrum. Um, and honestly, whenever he ran out for warmups, we all kind of deflated because we thought, man, we're going to not have to play this guy. I mean, he's one of the best receivers at the SDS level. I mean, he's got this, you know, from everything we were hearing, a torn labrum, a messed up shoulder, and, uh, you know, we thought we weren't going to have to mess with him. They were good enough already without him. Um, but but he was he, – he showed his toughness. He showed his fight. I think he – you said he had 10 catches that day, and I think he had 10 targets. So, like, they yeah. threw the ball to him 10 times. He caught it all 10 times. So, uh, he, he was impossible to cover. Um, you know, I had a bird's eye view that day because I was offensive coordinator at that point. I was in the uh, I was in the box, so uh, just an, such an impressive, uh, impressive kid. The way he handled his handled his business, even at a young age, um, and and to see him having the success right now, not only is is, is great for him because he's just a, a great ambassador for NFL, but he's a great ambassador for you know Division One FCS football. I mean, look, you're talking about probably the best receiver in the game right now, um, and and you're talking about it coming from a mid major program. And so that gives anybody that's a part of, you know, whether it's UCA or, or the A-Sun Conference or this level of football, uh, hope. You know, seeing guys like Cooper Cup and guys like Robert Rochelle, I saw a stat the other day. I think the Los Angeles Rams may have more Division One, uh, below Division One FBS players than any team in the in, in the, in the uh, NFL. You know, that's Division One FCS, D2, D3, and AIA. And look, they're Super Bowl champions, so that proves that you can come from anywhere. Yeah, well, and the guy that he's chasing, and everybody else who's ever played the position, is a guy named Jerry Rice, who also was not an FBS guy. So um, there is a lot of talent that comes out from that level. I mean, you think about Walter Payton and all the different guys who played over the years. But uh, anyway, yeah, it is kind of a cool story, and and I knew you had some perspective on Cup and. Wes and I were talking about somebody else you had a little perspective on potentially. Yeah, I was at a Super Bowl party, and a uh, buddy was like, has Nathan Brown ever told you his uh, his uh, Matthew Stafford stories? And I was like, I- I've never heard this. He's like, man, <laughs> yeah. you got to ask him about it. He's got some really cool stories on Stafford. Yeah, so, so and I actually put out a, re- a retweeted Pat White was also in our, our draft class, and so when I went out to uh, train and signed with my agent coming out of coming out of UCA and training for the Senior Bowl and, and, and the NFL Combine, uh, you know, three of my roommates, kind of the way we potted up in our, our apartment, one of them was Matt Stafford, one of them was Mark Sanchez, and one of them was Pat White. Hmm. And so we worked out every day together. Uh, we trained. Uh, we ate together. I mean, we spent the better part of three months uh, preparing ourselves for the NFL draft, obviously, uh, you know, Sanchez and, and Stafford at that time knew they were going to be probably the one and two picks in that draft. And, you know, everybody else was just kind of jockeying to, to see what we could do. But great, great people. And, and, and going back to Matt Stafford, you talk about a physical, gifted, gifted, gifted guy. I mean, he, he can throw the ball through, through a, uh, you know, through a pinhole. I mean, and, that, and, that, and the proof was in that, that the throw he made to Cooper Cup on the two minute drive, kind of the no look Mahomes pass that he gets all the credit for. I mean, Considering considering the uh, circumstances of the game and what it was, that's going to be one of the greatest passes to ever be thrown in an NFL game. I mean, it's just uh, you know it's so good to see a guy that, that's done it the right way for so long and Matt Stafford and and you know a, a guy that you know I personally got to know you know this would have been you know 11, 12 years ago, uh, but but personally got to know and just understand what kind of person he is. He just a couldn't have happened to a better human being, and, and uh, he deserves everything he's getting at this point. We were talking a lot this last couple of weeks. He did not seem very excited to be there. After all those years of misery in Detroit and all those near misses of you know, potential playoff opportunities, they had some really good offenses, and he was amazing. He had some incredibly productive years. 
But he didn't seem as excited as I was expecting a guy who's going to his first Super Bowl to be. And even afterwards, he was a little better, but uh, pretty low-key character from when you were around him, Coach? Very, very. Just just a, a matter-of-fact kind of person. You know, very even keel. I mean, he's what you want in a quarterback. I mean, he never gets too high, never gets too low. I think I think what's neat about it is, is, is you heard all along, I mean, he kind of got overshadowed while he was in Detroit, you know, for the better part of a decade. I mean, and, and people would say, you don't know how good Matt Stafford is just because he was at Detroit. You know, he had the, he had a few good years of Calvin Johnson and, some, you know, he, he willed his way to some wins there. But, like, everybody kept saying, like, you don't know how good this guy is physically until you put him around the right offense and in the right, right situation. And the proof is in one year. I mean, one year the guy goes and wins the Super Bowl. And here's the thing. Don't be surprised if they don't make another run at it the next two or three years. So you could – you know he could come out come out on the back end of this and and uh, you know I know Aaron Rodgers and and he, the Mannings and all those but are, are are in the conversation kind of below this era below below Tom Brady uh, but look if he wins a couple more I mean that, that he's going to solidify himself as one of the greatest ever play. Your school has been in the news for a couple of things. First of all, congratulations! I know you had a very highly uh, thought of signing class, top five, I think, by most people's estimation. And also very active in the portal, both good and bad, or disappointing, I guess, in Tyler Hudson leaving. It wasn't maybe shocking to some, but uh, a guy that you know we got a chance to see. And look, I'm thrilled to have been able to call him for as long as we had him at Central Arkansas. But, um, I mean, I know you guys had conversations prior to this this last offseason, Coach, because there were schools that were very interested in retaining his services at the wide receiver position. Um, what was the difference this time around? Well, I think – he knew he had one year left and, and, you know, the the NFL is a real legitimate opportunity for him. And, uh, you know, when you're getting courted, um, by, by bigger schools, um, it, you know, and, and, uh, obviously when you look at, you know, the analytics, you're, you're, you're going to have a better shot, you know, at making it professionally from a, a you know, an FBS power five conference. And, you know, so, so we sat down and I had, th- you know, probably three or four different conversations with him, with his parents and, um, you know, I've got no ill will for Tyler. He gave us a great three years. I mean, he was a you know two-time All-American, three-time All-Conference player for the rest of the year, every All-American team you could want. Uh, you know, so we hated to lose him. But, look, it, it, we're in a different era of sports right now, especially especially amateur athletics. I don't even call it – shouldn't even call it amateur athletics anymore. Uh, but, but, you know, college football is in a weird time. And, you know, it's like – it's kind of like the Calipari effect. You, you know, the one-and-done kind of deal. You, got, you, you, you have to embrace it. You know, and you have to embrace that, you know, in our level of football that, that you better enjoy a great player for a couple of years because there's a chance that you won't have them their whole time. And so uh, hated to lose Tyler, um, but wish him and his family luck. Obviously, hopefully it works out for the best for him. And I'm a big believer that, hey, with every loss, you're, you're, you're going to make yourself better with what you gain. So um, I think we did a good job replacing him with some really talented wide receivers in the transfer portal as well as with high school kids, which Tyler was a, you know, high school recruit. And, uh, you know, another player getting ready for the NFL draft, LaJuan Winningham, was a high school recruit. You know, we've done a great job here over the years of recruiting skill guys from the high school level. So, um, very excited about the class we, we brought in and um, obviously navigating through the transfer portal and bringing in some quality players in that as well. Well, there is give and take with the portal, and sometimes there's give and take with the same player. I was particularly intrigued by the story of Cam Godfrey, who entered the portal and decided ultimately to come back to Central Arkansas. And there's a couple of Obviously, historical things, you look no further than the Bible and the story of the prodigal son coming back, and he's welcomed with open arms. I also couldn't help but think about like a relationship, and if you go to your wife or girlfriend and say, you know, look, you're great, but i got to see what else is out there. And then you come back and you go, 
Remember me? <laughs> Remember all the good times we had? I'm back. It's a little awkward yeah. there, but uh, but obviously he's a great player and he's a great kid. I've you know gotten to be around a little bit, Coach. But uh, this is a unique situation, certainly. How, how did he handle that, and how did you guys deal with that? Because it is a little bit strange, you know, when a guy enters and then wants to return. It, it is, and you don't you don't necessarily want to set a precedent in your program to where you just you know hey go go see what you can dip your dip your toe in the water and see what you can get and come back now you know i don't want to ever have that precedent but what i do believe is is open communication and so um in conversation with cameron godfrey and his family again emphasis on the family i mean i'm not just talking to the kids i've i've, I've tried to involve the parents when they want to be involved and and with these life decisions these young men have to make and they're not easy, and they're, they're pressure-filled. And, 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 you know, young young men and women live off social media and what's going on on that all the time. And, you know, so there's a lot of, you know, a lot of residual effects to what you decide to do. And, uh, you know, the big thing is communication. And I think Cameron and his parents did a great job communicating with me and what exactly he was wanting to do and accomplish. And I don't, I don't know that he ever necessarily fully wanted to leave, but, look, we're happy to have him back. Our players welcomed him back with open arms. Our coaching staff is obviously – Think with the death to get a two-time all-conference safety back, uh, you know, one of your leaders on defense. And, and, look, I think he did. I think he quickly realized what we do have and how special it is here. I think he was in the I think he was in the portal for a grand total of six days total, you know, and it had a lot of interest and a lot of traffic, but just ultimately decided, hey, this is, this is the spot I need to be. I want to finish what I started, um, and we're excited to get Cameron back. Well, for husbands out there or wives, I would not suggest following suit. Sometimes it doesn't work out so well. Uh, April 9th, I understand, is your spring game. What's the schedule for you guys as far as getting in camp? Yeah, so April 9th is, is you know, kind of a bare Saturday. We'll have a spring spring scrimmage that day, spring game, and that's obviously coupled with, you know, baseball, softball. There'll be all kinds of spring sports going on as well. UCA does a great job with that, Dr. Teague and his staff. Um, we'll start uh, spring ball on March 7th. So right now we're kind of in our winter conditioning program off-season program, really hitting the weight room and the conditioning hard, getting ourselves prepared to, uh, to to make the most of our 15 practices we get here in March and April. And uh, usually what we'll do is we'll go two weeks prior to spring break and then two weeks after, to obviously cap it with the spring game. So uh, we've got a great great group of young men here preparing. I've, I've got 20 new faces. You don't see that at UCA at this level very often, but we have 20 new enrollees um, on campus already, hmm. uh, 16, of the, 16 of those being transfers, four of them being uh, early enrollee high school kids, and um, so it's a new look team. We needed to change some things. We need to turn the roster over a little bit. I'm excited about what's to come for Bear football. Awesome, coach. Thanks for the time. I appreciate it, and we'll uh, I'll be seeing you real soon. I guess. Thanks, guys. Appreciate right. y'all. Take care. See you.